Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Eric Smith, host of Healthy Wealth. And if you want to learn how to build healthy, wealthy relationships, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend and mentor, Mr. Travis Chappell. If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Network. Today, I'm sitting down with my boy, Eric Smith. Eric is a husband and father of two boys who made the decision over six years ago to work with families to not only improve financial literacy, but also help us all implement our plans for days where we no longer have to work for money. Not only is financial well-being important to him, but also overall health as combining these areas will allow us to have the quality of life that we deserve. With this in mind, he has created a podcast, formerly Fitness and Finance, and now called Healthy Wealth, where he interviews successful individuals in these areas that share tips, tactics, and strategies to become better versions of themselves. He is dedicated to changing the broken financial and healthcare systems. Eric, what's up, bro? Welcome to the show. Travis, man, looking forward to it. Really appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So let's go ahead and get started here, build some context and uh, talk to me about early days, Eric. Let's talk, you know, junior high, 10, 11, 12 years old. Where'd you grow up and uh, what were your parents doing at the time? Stuff like that. Yeah. So growing up, grew up in LA, Baldwin Hills specifically. And man, I was 
all about sports, loved sports, loved played soccer, basketball as a kid, and knew that that is something that I always wanted to do, wanted to always be active. My folks, my mom was in, both of my parents were actually in the defense, worked with the military as like their customer. Okay. Um, so a lot of the stuff that, you know, they couldn't even talk to me about, couldn't even talk to each other about because it was mm. very classified stuff. And then right around the time I was in junior high, my dad actually got laid off from that company. And so, which I thought was kind of interesting because he literally dedicated two years of his life traveling every single week from LA to Denver, Colorado, specifically actually Colorado Springs, every week dedicated two years of his life. And then right after the project was over, he got laid off. So I'm like, wow, there's, I saw right there that there was no true loyalty in America. Like there's no security in the secure path. Exactly. Right. So Saw that right away. And my dad was really entrepreneurial, always been in a business and saw him come up with a lot of different businesses. He really saw the vision of the internet, like in early nineties of, you know, obviously we know where the internet is today, but he had that vision of like saying, this is really going to change the world. And so I just saw that my mom continued in her career and then kind of took us to Florida. So I know you kind of said junior high, but then while I was right in the middle of high school, moved to Florida, knew nobody. And um, it was a kind of like a, a shocking experience, went from LA kid in public school to pretty much my whole life to private school in Orlando, Florida. So um, it was an adjustment for sure. Had to really learn how to interact from people from a lot of different backgrounds and kind of set me up specifically to other situations that I wasn't comfortable in to get used to being uncomfortable. So what was the post high school plan? Were your parents very much about all about college? Or you said they're more entrepreneurial? Did they not really care as long as you were doing something that you wanted to be doing? What was that decision for you at the time? Most of my life, I had wanted to go in the medical field. So my parents, they really liked that, promoted that. So college obviously was something I had to do to get into that. Pretty necessary, yeah, I would say. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. And then knowing how I had gone to Florida, I was like, man, I'm, I'm going back to California. I don't care what school I go to, I'm going back to California. Um, so I ended up going to college at UC Davis with the intention of becoming a doctor. Okay. And obviously that didn't happen. So at what point along the way did you, were, were you just like, I don't know if this is going to be what I want to be doing forever? Yeah. So, and most, most of my friends got into the medical field and even my wife is a pathologist. So I had planned to go to medical school, graduated with a degree in biological sciences and hit this crossroads where my grandmother who was actually blind passed away and so I thought it was like a sign for me to go into optometry so still in the like healthcare field but thought that okay I want to go into optometry help people see and um, didn't really know a lot about the field had experience just you know wearing contacts and glasses but um, actually went to optometry school in Bloomington Indiana had all kinds of challenges and setbacks During that time, my dad was ill. He got ill with an illness that's similar to Parkinson's. And it was a rocky time even in in our country because it was 08, 09. Mm. So I kind of remember that going on. And this kind of stuck with me during that time because my mom had to retire to take care of him. And so she would have me look at her financials just because I really like numbers. And I would kind of look and be like, why are you invested in all these different taking a lot of these risks when you're about to retire, you lost so much money. 
yeah. in your retirement yeah. account and all this stuff. And so that pretty much stuck with me. Then kind of like you said, I was in the clinic. So as a student, you're in the clinic, you're seeing patients. For me, it just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Like I didn't feel the, the energy and the passion. Like I was more interested in the numbers and the business aspects of it, as opposed to like seeing the patients and providing the health care. Interesting. Um, so I was very different compared to the other students. And like I said, had a lot of different setbacks and got to this point where I was like, I can't see myself doing this for 30, 40 years. Like, hmm, yeah. I'll make the decision now to leave. Wasn't the most popular decision. Hey, how old were you at the time? So I was, at that time, I was 29. So this was in, when I left, or I just turned 30 and just gotten married. Okay. Um, so Which is obviously a really great time to switch career paths. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right? But that's yeah. the thing, man. That's what I respect about you is that like you figured out that this was not what you wanted to be doing. And even though you knew it wasn't going to be popular and you knew it wasn't going to be easy and you didn't even necessarily know what the next step was, it was just like, I know that it's not this. You know, it's, it's weird to me, man, because you talk to so many people and people who are completely unhappy with what they're getting out of life and they try to figure it out. And it's like, well, if you do not enjoy the thing that you are literally doing 40 hours, 50, it's been even in the healthcare profession, more like 50 or 60 hours a week. If you don't enjoy that thing, how can you expect to get a certain level of satisfaction or fulfillment or happiness out of life? Like if you're literally forcing yourself to do something that you don't like with the majority of the waking hours of your entire career, then like you got to lower your expectations on what life offers. You know what I mean? So like for you to be able to recognize that that early on and be like, man, I don't know. I, I can't see myself doing this for another 30, 40 years and then move on to something different is, uh, is, is pretty spectacular. So talk, talk to me then about what did you do when you decided that wasn't what you wanted to do? Yeah. So when I was leaving, because I was in Bloomington, Indiana at the time, just got married. Fortunately, though, I had the support of my wife because I was, she would hear this stuff every day. She would say, you know what? If you don't really feel like this is for you, leave yeah and so that was that was refreshing yeah obviously it wasn't popular amongst other family but for her like having that support i'm like okay you know when you had that support of your your spouse your loved one that's working with you in partnership in life like then you feel like okay this it's a huge relief so then left and i knew i wanted to get into business right because since i knew my dad had been entrepreneurial I knew I wanted to do something where I can control my time and control what it is that I wanted to do. But I didn't know what that, I didn't know, like you said, I had no idea what that was going to be. So I thought, well, business, I might as well get my MBA. And so what I did was I immediately went online, did the University of Phoenix so I didn't have to wait. So I just kind of took action right away, took some classes. Fortunately, the professors actually were in business. So that kind of, that kind of helped. Yeah. So I completed that moved back to California, was living in Glendale with my wife at the time, and then was looking for different opportunities, wasn't really sure, you know, what, I, what exactly I was going to do, and then thought about, okay, the financial ser- services industry, like, I remember what my mom had gone through financially, like, losing a lot of money in her retirement, because it stuck out very vivid, you know, time in, in my life. Yeah, for sure. So just made the decision that, you know, maybe I can't help people with their health, specifically, but I want to help people with their finances because that's always been so important. Like the decisions we make, you know, most of the time are because we either have the money to do so or because we don't have the money to do so. So money is so important in what we do, especially here in the U.S. And for those listening, Eric is uh, was a member of my Cool People, Cool Places Mastermind uh, this year. And one of the things that we worked on 
with him was his podcast. And we did some uh, different podcast coaching and, and services and stuff for him. And what I really liked, bro, is that you, you've been, so you've been doing financial services now for six, seven years, uh, which is a long time to be like committed to that field. A lot of people get into that field and then realize that it's pretty hard to build a business. And then they jump out like three months later or a year later or something. And so you've been doing it now for a long time. You have a real business that pays you real money. But the passion for helping people with their health never left you. And so the, that's what brought about the Healthy Wealth Show that you have now and the, the brand that you're building now off the back of that, which is helping people get healthy in their physical health, but also helping them be healthy in their wealth, right? They're being, being healthy with their finances and stuff like that too. Both of which are extremely, extremely important and things that a lot of people, especially young people, don't really think about. You know, if you're, if you're younger, the last thing you're thinking about is having money when you're retired and taking care of your health because you're going to die one day. Like you're not thinking about those things when you're younger. That's uh, the luxury of being younger, right? But so, so I, I really like that you decided in your brand, your personal brand that you're building to refocus back on bringing health back into the situation and not just financial health. So can you talk about the show a little bit and, and what prompted you to kind of stay along that path? Yeah. And I'm glad you even brought up the mastermind and the coaching because one of the things that you really helped me talk about, like, who do I like to talk with? Like, as far as, you know, having people on the show, who do I like to service? Like, who are the people that kind of resonate with me? And what, what is that? look like? Who are they? What do they look like? And I was thinking about that and the people that I've always kind of felt comfortable around and with and knowing that environment are people in healthcare, healthcare professionals, because my wife is in it. Some of my close mm. friends in college that I've known for, you know, now 20 years, it's kind of weird to say, but like 20 years, people that were like roommates of mine that knew me when I was like 17, 18 years old, you know, that are godparents to my, to my boys, like they're in healthcare. Yeah. So knowing that I could help them specifically, because I understand what it's like, you know, thinking about student loan debt, which is crazy, right? Because I even had that myself. Mm -hmm. So student loan debt, thinking about, okay, like, what am I supposed to do? Because I got student loan debt. I've got all these things. I got to keep up with the Joneses and have that lifestyle because I'm yeah. there. Yeah. How am I supposed to invest my money? Like, right. I don't have the money to do so well people do have the money to do so. It's just the decisions that we need to make and the choices. So when we were working through that process, I'm like, these are the people that I really love to help and service, whether it's personally my financial services business, or even the people that I like to speak with and talk to and even learn from and to interview. And so that's why Hence the change of the show to healthy wealth. Yeah. I really like that, man. And I, I, obviously, you know, I love the mission of your show and one of the things that I really like that you talk about is exactly what you're what you were just saying with the the thing that people do have the money, but they're just not using it properly. And because our education system does a absolutely horrific job of teaching financial literacy and uh, and and giving us the right tools from the beginning. Like we should be learning about all this kind of stuff. Like how is there not a class in high school that teaches you about the power of compound interest? How how is there not a class in high school that teaches you about being frugal and having more money at the end of the month and not having more months at the end of the money? You know what I mean? Like how do we not have that when it's such a it's such an epidemic in the country, man? There's like seventy eight percent of people live paycheck to paycheck or something like that or have less than a thousand dollars in savings like with these types of numbers you think that people would be like hey maybe we should start teaching people that kind of stuff like you know as a prerequisite to being an adult <laughs> but but unfortunately we don't learn those types of things so talk to us about maybe some of those building blocks of getting your financials in order 
Like if you're a younger person listening, maybe maybe you have a good job. Maybe you're something like like these people that you're talking about that are in healthcare. But you know, all you know about your retirement is that you checked a box on your you know new hire paperwork that said 401k contributions. But you have no idea what that actually means. All you know is that you're quote unquote saving for retirement. But you have no idea that you're getting taken on these crazy management fees and that you're losing lots of money by doing it that way. So can you kind of give us like a few pointers on just the basics of financial literacy? Yeah, I mean, great. I love how you you know summarize that and wrap that up. The funny thing too. <laughs> along the education system. Like I've met some people that are in my industry and that I work closely with and they were finance majors in college and they didn't even learn some of the stuff that we learned about, which kind of goes to show you that the system is completely broken. Yeah, it's a little bit of an issue. Yeah, I would say. (laughs) It's so crazy, but um, yeah, like compound. So we have to understand what compound interest really is, right? So most people don't know this, but Einstein used to call it the eighth wonder of the world, right? Mm -hmm. So those of us who understand it, we earn it, but those of us who don't, we pay it. So which is the major reason why credit cards... And now, people, if you, know, if you understand how to use a credit card to your benefit, as far as leverage when it comes to real estate and things like that, that's a totally different story. Sure. The most people that have a credit card have a credit card because they're going out spending money that they don't have. Mm-hmm. So they're paying the interest on that that's 16, 18, 20 percent. And so if you think about it, you know, there's something called the rule of 72 that I like to talk to people about where, you know, if you basically, to kind of keep it super simple, if you take 72 divided by any interest that you're earning or paying, for example, tell you the number of years it takes for that to double. So if you're paying 20% interest on a credit card, that debt is going to double three years, which is why so many people are like, man, I feel like I've been paying this credit card forever. Well, because you yeah. have, that. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Like, yeah, it's crazy you're not paying it down. Like you're just making the minimum payments and you're just racking up more and more and more debt. So to kind of go back to the point of someone like just starting out, maybe they, they have that career, they're in healthcare. Now, 401ks can serve a purpose. You have to know what it is that you're your money's invested in. A lot of times it's with the company that you work for. So if something happens to that company, you're not only screwed because you may not have a job anymore, but you also may lose a lot of money. So you're not really diversified in that aspect. So know what you're investing in. Also, like you said, the fees can be crazy high. But- and, by, and by crazy high too, I just want to like throw this out there. By crazy high, if you look at a, a, a statement or something, you might see you know, two and a half percent or like one and a half percent or three percent. And like, you might look at that and think, well, that's not that high. Like when we're talking about compound interest and you factor that out over the course of 30 years, then you are taking a major dig at, at compound interest just because of management fees that you're paying to this company to manage your investments for you that could literally, literally lose you hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of your like career before you hit retirement. So like, don't think of high fees being, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40%. You're going to look at it and think that it's a low fee, but it's probably not. <laughs> yeah. And even those fees, like you said, if they're 2% or 2.5%, they could lead to a third of your account value being eaten up in the fees, mm-hmm. like a third over the yeah. course of time, which is, it's like, what? Does that really happen? Yeah. yeah right. Because of that interest. Because what happens is, as your money grows, the increase in the fee, like the actual amount grows too. So if someone were to have, let's say they had a 2% fee 
and they had a million dollars in their account, that's 20 grand. Like right. 20 grand, you don't want to, sh- you know, shake your Compounding. stick. Compounding. Compounded, right? That'd right. be just in one year. Right. But over the course of years, that's why, like you said, it leads to hundreds of thousands of dollars in the account. Yeah. Now, so that's, that's why that's important. Also, now one thing I will say though, if someone is getting a match in their 401k, that's free money. Yeah. Take advantage of the free money. I mean, yeah, you, can't, sure. you can't beat free money regardless if you have a fee on it or you get taxed on it. Sure. But, but then reallocate up to the point of the match into something else that's going to benefit yeah. you in the future. Do something additional on top of that. Yeah. Exactly. Do something additional and then something that's going to be beneficial to you tax-wise too. So mm-hmm. I know a lot of people, especially on your show, Big in the Personal Development, they know who Tony Robbins is. And one of the things that he would say is not how much money you make, it's how much money you keep. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that you're in a tax-friendly type of investment vehicle. Because if we think of ourselves, I know it's obviously it's a, a huge year for us. It's an election year. But if we look at like our income taxes, they are lower. Most people would say, oh, taxes are so high. They're actually lower, you know, comparatively speaking, than they have been in the past. Mm. We've got so much debt as a country where, you know, most likely taxes are going to go up in the future, especially if you're in your 20s and 30s. Now, 20, 30 years from now, think about this, right, Travis? Like if you're, if you're putting something in a plan where the taxes are going to go up in the future, does it make sense to put your money into that plan or all of your money into that plan? Yeah, no, definitely not. No, right? But we're doing that trillions of dollars are in these 401ks and people have no idea yeah, right. that that even happens. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like, like, like hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is, is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed.
Yeah. So what's the advice? Because we just talked about a lot of different stuff. You know what I mean? And, and so if somebody's out there just like, I have no idea what these guys are even talking about right now, but it sounds like I probably should. Where, where do they start? How do they get started? Like trying to learn about these types of things? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, you got to really talk to someone you really trust. Yeah. I mean, because people are a lot of times are going to sell you on a product as opposed to what makes sense for you specifically financially. Mm-hmm. So that's important. You got to either find someone you trust, whether someone you know, who is credible because a lot of times people get advice from their, you know, uncle um, about finance, which not necessarily isn't the case, isn't true, I should say, but it's important. Like, do you like look into certain things? Like the tax issue is a very important issue, but most people don't think about it. So that's important when you're talking to an advisor, you know, ask them what they really like to focus on because you're interviewing them, you know, Right. So they should be working for you as opposed to you working for them. Yes. Um, so that's, that's very important. So um, I think yes. those few things are important when it comes to looking for the right people to, this is build your network, right? So yeah. you got to network with the right people that are going to have your best interest that you have a true relationship with that are going to look out for you and your money because I mean, who else is? Yeah. So find someone that you can trust. And if you don't know anybody that you can trust, then hit up Eric. You can go over to healthywealthpodcast.com and get to know some of the stuff over there a little bit better. So let's talk a little bit about about health, bro. And I know I'm in the middle of 75 hard right now. You've done it a a couple of times and uh, always uh, respected the discipline that you have in in your health and things. So let's talk about that for a second. What are, what are, let's, let's do basics again. Let's do some basic health things like, you know, looking at the average American diet, average American exercise regimen, like what would be some things that you'd recommend to the audience that everybody could probably do a little bit better to start thinking more about their physical health? Yeah. I mean, I think obviously taking the action is very important. Something that I started doing when I was like kind of out of not making health really a priority or a habit um, I started doing deck of cards workouts. You take a deck of cards and you flip it over, whatever the color of the card is, or sorry, the color is a certain suit. So an example, let's say, you know, push-ups are hearts, um, mm-hmm. diamonds are squats, clubs are maybe sit-ups, and then um, you, like a lot of body weight type stuff. So you can yeah. kind of figure out what it is that you want to do. And then whatever the card number is, you do that many reps. So you can knock through that, you know, when you just, st- when you're st- kind of starting out, maybe not in the greatest of shape, you can yeah. knock that out in half an hour, you know, yeah. worst case, if not 15, 20 minutes, depending on, on your fitness level. But that's one place to start. I think it just, you know, that's, it takes away the, the excuse of, oh, I can't go to the gym, especially now we're in COVID, right? right depending right. on where you live, can't go to the gym. Well, you're using body weight. You don't need to spend money on the gym. You don't need to spend money on equipment. Right. It's just like old school methods. Do something. Do something. Exactly. Walk around the block, you know, just start with the walk. You know, if you need a little bit more resistance, grab a weight vest. I know you use that. Um, I use that as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things. Just start with the basics because there's so much information out there. People can kind of get overwhelmed. Just start with something that simple. Yeah. Just do a little like research shows that if you can just form the habit that it'll start to get better over time. And that's obvious. So, so start out with something, man, 10 minutes, 15, 15 minutes, five minutes, just even the action of just like going outside, just be like, you know what, this morning, it's a win for me. If I just step out into the sunlight, 
but do it every single day until it's a habit for you to step into the sunlight. And then, you know what, I'm going to go for a walk this time. And maybe the walk turns into a run and maybe you add some push-ups at the end of your run and like it, just get in the habit of being more active and start, start small. And, and, and it really that, that kind of goes for the, uh, the, the wealth part of the conversation too, man. Like just start, you know, start saving a little bit more discipline yourself this week to not go out and eat as often or buy some groceries and cook a little bit more or, you know, don't buy the car that you want to buy. Like just discipline yourself a little bit with small things here and there and start building up those habits, those, those uh, habits of discipline so that you can live life later on. Cause that, that's, the, that's the big thing, man, is like, it's not like you're choking yourself or starving yourself of things now so that like you just never have any of the things that you want in life. That's, that's literally, that's the opposite of what it is. It, it's literally, you're just saying no to momentary pleasure now so you can have really long periods of pleasure later. Like you, you can have a retirement that actually protects you that when you get to that age, you'll have a bunch of money in the bank and you can have good health because you built habits your whole life when you're older and you don't, you know, you're not confined to a wheelchair, but you can play with your grandkids and, and do stuff like that. Like if you, if you start right now, the long-term benefits far outweigh the short-term you know, little bites of pleasure for that come from eating the extra donut or that come from, you know, buying the $1,200 watch that uh, you don't need. You know what I mean? Like the, the long-term benefits always outweigh the short-term pleasure. And so if you can just teach yourself to delay that gratification, I think that you'll be, you'll be happy you did it in the long run. Yeah. And you know, people say it's hard, right? It's hard to, you know, take control of your finances. It's hard to eat healthy. Well, you know, that's hard choose your heart, right? What's, what's going right. to be hard? You being, you know, 60, 70 years old, not having any money, having to rely on someone else to take care of you because you have no money, because your health isn't the greatest. I think that's harder than making the choices today, like when we're, you know, 20s and 30s now, because not only are you going to be so much more energized and healthy, and like you said, play with the grandkids, and you'll be able to do those things when you want to do it. Mm-hmm. And not saying, oh, I can't do this because I don't have the, the money or the energy to do those things. So right. it just puts us in a better spot, I think, short term and even long term. Yeah. Couldn't agree more, man. Got to ask you this question before we move on to the last segment because it's the staple question of the show. So uh, who you know or what you know, Eric, which of the two is most important and why? Yeah, man. I know I'm, I'm going to give you a long answer. I know you want the short answer, but... <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because my dad used to always say, it's not only who you know, but also who knows you. Mm. Because like you can know somebody, but if they don't really know you or really trust you or like you, then it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But then there's, there's something that I read a couple of weeks ago that said, it's not only who you know, but what you do with who you know, mm. because of the relationship. Like you have to really have that relationship. And that's what networking is all about, is building relationships, excuse me, relationships so if you have that relationship, that's going to benefit not only you, but also the person you have the relationship with. So the, the short answer, obviously, is the, the long and the short of it is the who. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, let's go to move into the last segment. So let's call the random round. Just quick random questions, quick random answers. Ready? Yep. What profession other than your own do you think that it would be fun to attempt? I'm not the best at it, but I'd love to be a basketball player, professional basketball player. If you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present and chat for an hour, who would it be? Yeah. So the interesting thing is my mom's dad, I didn't know because he died before I was born. I would want to sit on a park bench with him because he literally raised 
two black women, professional black women who are very successful in their lives in the 60s. So as we know, obviously we talk about, you know, the whole thing right now is, you know, equality and, and social injustice and all that good stuff. But imagine what I was like in the 60s raising two black women. So I really wanted to get his take on what it was like living during that time. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Yeah. So got two boys, a six-year-old and a four-year-old. And um, with everything going on with COVID, wake up, help them get ready, and then get them to get them off to what they where they have to go to school. And then really, I can focus on myself and you know, my goals that I'm, that I'm looking for the day, get some exercise in. I do like sending out good gratitude to people that are really important in my life and showing them appreciation. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, videos? That's kind of changed. It used to be podcasts like all the time when I was traveling back and forth from California to Vegas. But now what I like to do is I like to get an audio book, but also have the physical book and listen to it and read it at the same time. What is your go-to pump-up song? What's Up Danger from the uh, Into the Spider-Verse soundtrack, because my boys love that movie. And, you know, that's, that's just it for me. It kind of gets me going, because I think about what it's like being with them. What is something that you are just not very good at? Systems. I'm not a very systematic, organized person. And so I like to utilize other people's strengths for that. And as we get everything wrapped up here, man, what's one place online where listeners can go to connect with you the most? Yeah, the show, healthywealthpodcast.com. I'm also on Instagram, Eric Eugene Smith, and that's Eric with the K, E-U-G-E-N-E Smith. So whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, go ahead and search Eric Smith with the K or search Healthy Wealth, and you'll be taken over to his podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Check out some of the stuff he's putting out over there. Eric, thanks so much for coming on the show today, man. Seriously, I uh, had, had fun catching up with you and chatting for a bit. Travis, man, thank you so much. All you do, and you really helped me with networking and building relationships, I, and obviously the podcast, so really honored to be on the show. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapel.com slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.